0: Famously, Shakespeare put in Juliet's mouth the question, what's in a name? Now you know Juliet, right? Romeo, Juliet, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo, right? They are the two star-crossed lovers who find their way into each other's arms and uh, the trouble, the challenge in this play is that Romeo and Juliet are from families that hate each other. They are, Juliet's a a, a Capulet, and Romeo is a Montague, and Capulets and Montagues do not like each other. They do not get married. They do not have friendly relations. Capulets and Montagues hate each other. They do not mix. They did not, do not fall in love. And so when Romeo and Juliet are talking to each other and he says what about our family now I'm summarizing this because I'm very bad at reading Old English and I don't have a good British accent if I did I would Uh, I don't have that so I'm just summarizing it Uh, Romeo says hey my last name is Montague and Juliet's like I don't care I don't care who your parents are I don't care how stupid my parents are let's just run away and Romeo says really And she says, 100%. Then she memorably says, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. What's in a name? Her point was that the name Montague or Capulet means nothing when it comes to love. For Romeo and for Juliet, what's in a name? The answer was nothing. For us, we ask the same question this morning of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. We're going to ask the question, what's in a name? And for us, the answer is everything. Everything. Today, we're going to celebrate Advent again as we look at what is in the name of our Savior. We're going to ask not just what is in a name, we're going to ask what is in His name. If you'll open up Your Bible to Matthew. That's the very first book in the New Testament. If You open up your Bible to Matthew. We're going to look at verse chapter 1, the very first chapter of Matthew in the New Testament. We're going to read verses 18 through 23, but we're going to focus on the two names that we see in this section. And we're going to be reminded that what is in his name is everything that we need. What's in his name is everything we need. I'm going to read beginning in verse 18. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along with me as I read, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When, Mo- when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, as we put ourselves under your word here this morning, all of us, even me, I pray that you would speak to us, and minister to us. I pray that you would if we're Christians, help us to recognize you're all I need, all we need. And if we're not, I pray that we'd want to push into you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. What's in a name? Everything. The two names we're going to look at here this morning are Emmanuel and Jesus. Emmanuel is the first one we will look at, and we see Emmanuel in verse 23. This is a quotation from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And Isaiah quotes and says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, Matthew is writing in Greek. Now, we're, we don't see this in English necessarily, but Matthew is writing in Greek, and he knows that many, most maybe of his Greek audience do not know what the word Emmanuel means because that is a Hebrew word. And so he translates that. The ESV shows the translation in parentheses if you have an ESV like I do. Emmanuel means what? God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, if you're a Christian, you're used to thinking about at Christmas time, we have the story of Jesus becoming a baby in the manger. We have the story of Emmanuel, God with us. It's just the way it is. We sung a song. It says the word. You wonder, do we spell Emmanuel with an I or an E? You don't know, but you think it's probably a good thing that Emmanuel, God with us, is with us. Now I'm going to ask a question to our 21st century minds that might not occur to us. Is Emmanuel, God with us, a good thing? What do you think the Old Testament saints would think? Let's survey some of the times God was Emmanuel, God with others in the Old Testament. Look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. God makes a promise to Abraham, and what does he do? As the sun was going down, verse 12 says, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. When Abram was in the presence of God, what typified that presence? darkness, a dreadful and great darkness. Is being in the midst of God, is Emmanuel God with us a good thing? Let's see what Moses might say, or the people might say, right after Moses gave the Ten Commandments. We hear, we we see this scene on on Mount Sinai. Now, Now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, this is All signs of the presence of God. The people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us lest we die. If you were to ask the people of Israel around the mountain that day, Is Emmanuel God with us a good thing? They would say, No, actually, if He talks to us, we're going to die. Later on, or, or before that, as, as the, the nation was led around, how did God lead them around in the wilderness? Exodus 13 says, And the Lord was, went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light. So is the presence of God a good thing? Yes, in the sense that you can follow this pillar of cloud by day and Pillar of fire by night, you can get light by, but it's not, it's not something that you would say, man, that just warms my heart. What about Job? Job spends 37 or 35 chapters questioning God, and then God answers. How does God answer? Verse 1, chapter 38 of Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, or out of the tornado, or out of the hurricane, and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? If you were to ask Job in that moment, Job, is Emmanuel God with us? Is that a good thing? Later we would see Job cover his mouth. What do you think he's going to say? Maybe not. What about Solomon? Solomon dedicated the temple. When he dedicated the temple of God and he prayed to God, we read this. And as soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. Is God with us a good thing, Solomon? Well, I'm not sure. All I know is that we had a temple that we were dedicating and fire comes down from heaven. Is that a good thing? Isaiah. What about you, Isaiah? Isaiah is transported to the throne room, and he sees these seraphim singing and calling to each other, saying, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of Him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost isaiah is emmanuel god with us is that a good thing what do you think he would say right now well we know what he would say right now when he saw god high and lifted up seated on his throne with the train of his robe filling the whole temple he says woe is me i'm lost so is emmanuel god with isaiah a good thing what about john revelation chapter one john sees god the son What what does he react? How does he react? Hey, give me a five or give me knuckles. No, that's not what happened. When I saw him, John says, first-hand account, I fell at his feet as though dead. Let me ask again. Is Emmanuel, God with us, a good thing? What do you think John would say? He was too busy... Not being able to move to probably give an answer. His body gave out. His knees gave way. Is God with us a good thing? Now if you were to ask any one of those saints of old, Abraham, Moses, Job, Solomon, Isaiah, or John, how do you think they would answer the question, is Emmanuel, God with us, a good thing? How would they answer? Well, it's a terrifying thing it's a distressing thing, it's an alarming thing, it's definitely an intimidating thing, a good thing, a good thing, that's what they would say. Certainly not a safe thing for sure. Good? I suppose good in a way. You see, every time before Matthew chapter 1, when God shows up to his people, they feel like they're going to die. And they're afraid. And they don't saunter in and come near and just say, hey, what's up? So I ask again, Is Emmanuel, God with us, a good thing? They might say, it depends. It depends. Now, in our passage, there are two names, I said. We asked the question in the beginning, what's in a name? We said, everything that matters is in his name. And we see two names, because this is the names of Christmas. First, we saw Emmanuel. What's in that name? God with us. What's in that name? Fright and fear. Next, we read another name. The name of Jesus. Look at verse 24. When Jesus woke from sleep, he did as the angel... I'm sorry, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him... He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now you've heard the name Jesus. You know the name Jesus. We talk about the name of Jesus. We sing to Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. We say that our church is fixed on Jesus. But what does his name mean? We get a clue in verse 21. The angel tells Joseph in this dream, she, being Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for. Now, we might want to render this just so that you can understand what's happening here, not just for, but because. She will, render, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Or to state it another way, the reason Mary's son would be called Jesus is because that's the definition of what he's going to do save his people from their sins jesus is a hebrew translate is a greek translation of the hebrew name joshua and joshua literally means yahweh saves or god saves now we don't think about names in this way when we read a baby book and we try to pick a name if you're expecting you read a name And then you see what the the definition is. And usually, there's no normal correlation, right? Edward means wealthy guardian. Like, who knew, right? I didn't. I thought Edward just meant... I don't know. Caitlin means pure, right? Now, we don't often name our children real words. Now, we do this for our pets, though, generally, right? Especially cats, for some reason. Cats... Like if we have a cat named Snowball, what color is Snowball? She's white, right? Hopefully that's a female. She's white. Mittens has maybe, you know, different color feet. Or Oreo is black and white, right? That's how we name our cats. People didn't name their... People named their children back in that day more like we name our cats. So it might be something like this. If someone said... If you named your daughter Star, and someone said, what does Star mean? You'd say, it means, well, it means Star. Well, what does that mean? Well, Edward means, what does Edward mean? Edward means, what, gallant, uh, wealthy guardian. What does Star mean? Star means Star. Same is true here. What does Joshua mean? It means God saves. It means God saves. And so here we see Emmanuel and Joshua, Jesus, side by side. He is both the God who is with us and the God who saves us. He is both the God who is with us and the God who saves us. See, one of the reasons people from generations past shook their heads at awe in the coming coming of God the Son is because they read the account of Moses where the people said, we can't hear from him anymore because we will die. The reason they shook their head is because that wasn't the experience of the shepherds or Mary or Joseph. Or the wise men, or anybody else in Matthew. The saints of old shook their heads because Emmanuel became a helpless baby. They would never have thought, the saints of old would have never thought that it made sense for God the Son to become a baby. But his name is not just Emmanuel. His name is also Jesus. His name is God with us and God saves us. And so here we see the connection. Here we see the collision of both God with us and God with us to save. Before Emmanuel meant a dreadful darkness would descend. Now... Emmanuel, God with us, means a baby has descended into our dark world. Before Emmanuel, God with us, engendered the fear of death. Now, Emmanuel, God with us, is, doesn't engender fear. It engenders hope because Jesus has become a baby. Before Emmanuel, God with us, was a swirling tornado. Now, we see here in Matthew chapter 1, that Emmanuel, God with us, means that he's a squirming infant. He's no longer smoke filling the temple. He's a baby filling in a manger. His presence engendered Isaiah to say, I'm undone. The baby, when they see him, they say, how cute. What's in a name? Everything. Because Emmanuel is also Jesus. Jesus in the manger is both. God with us and God who saves us. Think about what a blessing it is for us to know God like this. God has come, God the Son has come as a baby. All of us came as a baby into this world, every one of us. If you're a parent, you've held your children in your arms. If you're a grandparent, you've held your grandchildren in your arms. The most helpless and unthreatening thing in the world is a baby. And the God who spoke from a tornado, from fire, from earthquake and lightning, speaks now here in this passage like a baby. Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us not to punish us. He's with us not to chide us. He's with us not to crush us. He's with us not to denigrate us. He's with us not to accuse us or accost us, but to save us. Notice what his mission is. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He didn't come to end poverty. He came to save his people from their sins. He didn't come to throw off an onerous government. He came to save his people from their sins. He didn't come to give us happy families or make all of our dreams come true. He came to save his people from their sins. Because of all the things that mankind is held captive by, captive, captive by in every day and age, sin is the most perilous. Sin is the most fearsome enemy. I realize it's not popular to talk about sin. We could have bigger crowds if we talked about other things. But this is the message and this is the mission of Jesus. He is both Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus, the God who saves us. Those are the names of Christmas. Christian This is why we have hope. This is why we must recognize just the mind-boggling, inexpressible wonder of the eternal God becoming a tiny baby. If it makes sense to us that God would do that, God the Son would become a baby, then we don't understand Christmas. Why? Why would he come near to save? Because he's kind, because he's gracious, because he's self-giving. He came to save. And his means of salvation was coming to be a man, not just appearing as a man, but becoming a real man. Living a real life, living a real human life, full of trials and travails and hardships, just like us. And then dying an unjust death. Because the means by which Emmanuel, God with us. And God, the, the God who saves us, that means was by his death. This one who had appeared to many, or to others, in tornadoes and earthquakes and fire and storm appears to us as a baby and a man. All of us can approach this man. That's the idea. What's in his name? Everything we need. He's God with us. And he's the God who saves us. And listen, this isn't just some kind of exclusive club. This is for anyone. Anyone who recognizes... I'm a sinner of any age. You don't have to grow up and realize this. This is something, even if you're young, you can realize. You can realize that you need God to forgive your sin. The good news is that we have a way. I can tell you about this one named Emmanuel. God with us. and Jesus the God who saves us. So if you, you know what you have to bring to him if you want to be in him, with him? Your need. Just say, hey, I'm a hopeless sinner and I need your help. He'll never turn you away. If you're not a Christian, I pray you would do that, whether you're here or watching online. What's in his name? Everything. Everything we need. Let's pray. Almighty God, the way that you have sought to rescue us is unique, unexpected, inexpressible. And Lord, it's to our shame that we take it for granted. Thank you, Jesus, for coming near. Not to punish. Not to scream and yell. But you came near to save because your name is both Emmanuel and Jesus. Your name is both God with us and the God who saves us. Lord, I pray that you would help our church. Help us all me and all of us here to be a grateful people, not grateful for what you might do through us primarily or grateful for what kind of name or reputation you might gain or we might gain or what you might do for us or what blessings we might get. But Lord, I pray you'd help us to be grateful for what you've done for us. When we were dead and lost in our transgressions. We deserved Emmanuel, God with us, to be a situation where you would come and be frightful. You would be frightful toward us and crush us, but you didn't do that. You were both Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus, the God who comes to save us. Thank you. Thank you that there's no longer, as Christians, there's no longer that anything that keeps us from you. I pray, Lord, that if there are any watching or sitting here that do not know you, Lord, I pray. Lord, I don't have the right words. I can't say everything in the exact right way to elicit a response. I just pray, Lord, that your Spirit would work on their hearts so that they see that there is nothing more worthwhile than to follow you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.